Hello, hello, hello. I appreciate you using your one fucking call from rehab to do the show, I guess. Well, you know, I was able to get a hold of a hot toddy and I decided to give you a call. <laughs> Rehab's not going well. Yeah, apparently not. Um, that old adage about it being for quitters, apparently you're in it to win it on this one. And by win I, it, I mean lose everything. I mean, what else am I going to do? I'm telling you, my Mega Millions number didn't hit and I went on a bender. I'm sorry. <laughs> we won four bucks at work. We, we nice. pulled our money together. And yeah. I put in, it was like two bucks a person and I put in because I was like, knowing my luck, we would win. And because I didn't put in, I'd be the only one stuck at work still. I know that'd be the only, that's the always the fear I got of doing that. And the guy who was collecting laughed and he said, you know, everybody has said that to me that has put in. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, it's true though. Yeah. Because you don't want to be the one that's left behind and it's only two bucks. (laughs) No one wants to be that turd. This show will pollute listeners ears with foul language occasional sexually explicit content, and more irony than is allowed for single episodes. In the last several years, distributors of obscenity have expanded into new areas, employing new technologies and reaching new audiences. Neither our Constitution, our courts, our people, nor our respect for common decency and human suffering will allow this trafficking in obscene material. Cinema PSYOPs. Which exploits women and men alike to continue. Sharing filth-laden desires on mic to warp the brains of listeners until they are all demented deviants. federal laws are being violated, and thus I am committed to redoubling the federal effort to ensure that those criminal elements who are trafficking in obscenity are pursued with a vengeance and prosecuted to the hill. The fact that society is becoming much more open now, uh, less repressed, and I think there's less need for... Cinema PsyOps. Without dignity, they shout into the void in a vain attempt to be loved living in this culture now where there's just icebergs of filth floating through every house on Wi-Fi. It's inconceivable what it must be like to be a young adolescent now with this kind of access to cinema psyops. It must be dizzying and exciting but corrupting in a way that we can't even think about. A pirate ship with a tattered flag sailing across seas of questionable movies while firing cannons of disdain. Cinema psyops. Long may she sail. Hello and welcome to Cinema PsyOps. Using his one phone call when he's trapped in rehab, it's Matt. Rehab, quarantine, whatever. It's all the same thing. Fucking make a million. <laughs> And you know I would have won that shit, too, because you never would have heard from my fat ass ever again. Yeah, you wouldn't have even funded the show and kept doing it out of the fun of doing it. You would have just disappeared. Into- Actually, no, I, I would have, but you never would have seen me ever again. <laughs> and we would have done the show and I would have helped fund the show, but you never would have seen me again. <laughs> you would have done it from your house, but you would have had the exact same setup in your house as my recording yeah. studio here to try and get it the exact same just so we didn't have to sit across from each other. You, you know how we joke about a bunker? I literally would have had a bunker made. Oh, shit, dude. If I won, I would have built an underground mansion. If I no kidding, won man. That just shit. live underground like a subterranean motherfucker. Yeah, we talked about it, um, and I'll just I'll have to include it 
right now because that's just how it goes when we joke around at the start of the show. But everybody pulled together where I work to try and win. And I pitched in solely because I was afraid that we would win if I didn't, that my company would win and I'd be the only one left. (laughs) And I did the same thing. So even the owner pitched in. So like the company would probably go away. He'd be like, yeah, I'm closing the doors. Goodbye, guys. I'm fucking done. Yeah. (laughs) See, guys. Now, you know what? If an owner, I bet he would let it keep going. He just would never worry about it ever going under. Be like, oh, we got to fund it a little bit. Well, here you go. (laughs) Yeah. And it's been in his family for a while. So I'm pretty sure like it is a family business. That's yeah, been around maybe he'd while, just so. tell us like one of his kids it's time to run this shit and then leave. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I, I honestly don't know. I, I don't know, man. It's just that's the kind of that's that mind boggling money. That's that money where like I'd buy a mansion out in the Vegas desert and just fucking live there. <laughs> I was looking at it. And if we would have won, it still would have been after the payout. I, still, I think it still would have been like 25 or 26 million a piece. Yeah, and, it's insanity. Yeah, because, yeah, I believe the final payout if you like you won it on your own, like some asshole in South Carolina did. Um, And if you're a listener, we love you and we (laughs) will touch you. We will touch you long time. We will do long whatever time. you want for some of that money. Just, just uh, fucking give it to us. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, we will do some gross shit. But anyway, um, he. Uh, but if you want it by yourself, that's still after taxes, after everything, five hundred and sixty million dollars. Yeah, that. I mean, what do you do? I mean, what do you just sit there and go? Well, I'm two just going to throw this in my time, checking dude. account. That's what I what? would do. Two chicks at the same time. <laughs> Could you do that without five hundred and sixty million dollars? Not for the kind of. Chick- it would double up on a guy like me. No. <laughs> Point taken. So what would I do besides two chicks at the same time? Let's see. Uh. <laughs> Give my wife enough money to not care that I wanted to do that with the 563 yeah, yeah, right. million. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't, but I, that's where I identify with that character at Office Space because I literally would spend a few months not doing anything. Just nothing. Shit, dude. Okay. I've seen you do that with no money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, I always stress about it later. This time I would have to stress. Yeah. Well, the reason that we're talking about all of these ill-gotten gains and, you know, what to do with your money and how it seems like you're just sitting on it. This week's movie is Candy Tangerine Man. And it's about a pimp who invests his money in the stock market. And the guy's supposed to be a hero, but like, it's hard to make a pimp a hero because he's still exploiting women. Kind of. This is, there's no heroes in this. This is a heel program. (laughs) There's no face. There's only heels. The only hero I can think of is the writer and director of the film. Are you familiar with Matt Simer by any chance? I am not. Are you familiar with the gorgeous ladies of wrestling? Yes. All right. So the TV show in Netflix, the character that Mark Maron is playing is actually based on a real life guy who directed a couple of exploitation movies and a horror movie or so, and then went on to work in Glow and basically be the guy behind the scenes and doing all the directorial stuff for Glow. His name. Awesome. was Matt Simer. The ah. movie we're doing this week, which is Candy Tangerine Man, is one of his films. And then the next film that you'll be covering in the black exploitation journey that I've got you set on with the movie Stack Jenga, Lady Coca, is also yeah. a Matt Simer film. Ah. So in the TV show Glow, when they're making references to some of the black exploitation movies that he made, and then they have some characters that were in his movies that are now working with the wrestlers, like the stunt folks that came aboard, and I think the lady was wrestling under the name jump chain. 
Bane for a while or something like that. Yeah. Those two characters are based on some people that Matt Simer worked with, and I do believe he may have actually brought into Glow to help him get that going. Nice. Yeah. So there's, I mean, there's a little bit of truth to it. He's not quite like the Marin character, at yeah. least as far as I can tell. They, you know, they change some things around, but everybody in that show is, you know, representative of someone that actually existed in Glow. They just changed the name around. They changed some of the story structure around a little bit, but it's still there and you still get those little kernels of truth wrapped around all that drama and hot ladies wrestling. Yeah, right. <laughs> all them pretty ladies grappling. I would almost say that they would be gorgeous ladies, Matt. Gorgeous ladies of wrestling. Gorgeous ladies? Yes. I would agree. Of wrestling. I would say they're probably gorgeous ladies of wrestling. There's a certain glow about them all, isn't there? Yes, there is. <laughs> we are short on time, though, so we're going to cut that off here and we're going to stop that. This is yes. going to be they're going to be a bit of a truncated episode this week because we're recording it late because A, Matt's actually sick because yeah. he's in rehab. I am in quarantine, folks. This is bad. <laughs> the reason I'm doing this is because, especially on Skype, is because we're leading up to Halloween, which Court always has a pretty big party, and Court don't want none of this before his big party. <laughs> I don't want any of it after, but if I got to do it, at least it'll be right after the actual holiday of Halloween for the most part. I guess yeah. we'll see. And besides, you're probably worn out because you've been working overtime at all sorts of things that you've been doing at work. And Yeah, I, I've been working my ass off lately so this has been a, a nutty this has been a nutty month for me october is always a busy month for me anyway i have a lot of personal times that happen during the month of october uh, uh and stuff like that and then uh it's always just a busy time anyway. Now add in, this is probably the busiest I've ever been at a job ever in my life. And I, I'm i thoroughly exhausted. Which is probably why your health took a, a dump on you because, you know, a, that, you Every one that. of my coworkers at my job was sick as well. Oh, well. And they all were sick in the months of September leading up to this week. They've all had it. I did my best not to get it. Like just, I bathed in Purell. I Clorox <laughs> wiped everything. And I just think sometimes there's, there's just no fighting the waves, you know? Yeah, unless you want to wear a paper mask all the time, but even then, you're never 100% sure. No, I mean, look at Michael Myers. I bet that guy gets the sniffles all the time, and he wears a mask constantly. Yeah, but it's not a germ protective mask. But anyway, while we try to come to terms with Matt's not understanding how germs work, we're going to take a little break here. We're going to play a promo for another podcast. We're going to have a little bit of music, and when we come back, we will have the trailer for Candy Tangerine Man. Want to learn more about horror directors? With a lighthearted look at three of their movies... Meet fearless podcaster Gore Blimey. I've been unsettled by bats in the past and startled by parrots, and I've even been known to jump at the odd cockatoo. Discover horror films that are classics, and others, too. There's a topless aerobics massacre, an exploding rock singer, cannibals, nude martial arts, a deep-fried prostitute. But it's not all silliness. You'll get proper movie breakdowns, opinion, and background information, too. Yep, in the 80s and 90s, Jeff Stryker was huge in gay porn. In every sense. So if you're a horror film fan, come and check out the Trilogy of Terror podcast at strangeanddeadly.com or find it on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or on your podcatcher. One of those people that has a certain charisma and a certain style, and I'm just hoping one day he'll rub off on me. The Trilogy of Terror podcast, where we try three times harder to give you the willies.
he's a candy tangerine man. Oh, yeah. Oh, I fucking love the music in this. Yeah, you know what I'm really disappointed in? I couldn't find a soundtrack anywhere. Like, I was uh, even willing to buy it, Matt. That's how much I enjoyed this soundtrack. I really did. I loved the soundtrack, like, a whole lot. Yeah, particularly that song. It's really fucking well done, and I really want a soundtrack for this. So, if it's out there, anybody, you want to hook me up with this fucking soundtrack, I'll take it. Get the fucking work. <laughs> do something, folks. Help me out here. Do something. <laughs> you know what I'd like to do, Matt? What's that? Play this trailer. Hey, funky. Get back, Jack, and step aside. He's the baddest mother in 75. How'd you like to make $20,000? Hang on, baby, if you can. You're going for a ride with the candy tangerine man. Wow. Well, that was wow. uh, that that was a quick trailer. That was yeah, that was really quick. <laughs> but again, it's a, it's a pretty quick movie. Yeah, I mean, it's like a cool what ninety five minutes, and it doesn't feel like it at all. I mean, it moves really quick. It was over way before I expected it to. Much like yeah, sex goes, with the candy tangerine fast. man himself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, let us begin that candy tangerine man. Well, we begin all of this, and because this is going to be record time, we begin the show with our very first clip. Even Memphis is cooler than this. Well, I'm tired of working. You just dig what I got to show for it. That's because you've been working for the wrong dude. For sure. You know, I ain't asking you to choose me because that's got to be your own decision. But I tell you one thing, none of my ladies are anything but totally contented. The Black Baron. What you gonna do, honey, make me a queen? <laughs> Only God and the crown can do that. But I tell you something, I will make you happy, wealthy and wise. Choose me and you got the whole world by the asshole. You dig that? How many wives-in-laws am I going to have? Enough to compete with you, darling. You shall smell sweet, you know. I already done had me two pimps. They came up with zilch and zero. You didn't have no man, baby. What you had was some chumps. Now you go with me and I'll do something with your money. Put you into something respectable after you pass a working age. Like you deserve, you dig. Like maybe a beauty salon. You know, I'm really good with hairstyling. Yeah, sure, bitch. No rumor has it that uh, you're a position freak. Oh. Are you? Yeah. Let's go down and see. Last night's work's in the drawer. I remember, baby. It's $200 a day. And I mean, every day. Oh, God! There you go. Yeah, so that whole thing is about, you know, him being a position freak, and after she gives him the money, then he decides to go ahead and do the thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, do the business. Give her give her the business. Yeah. It's always fun doing notes uh, because uh, for a movie that objectifies women throughout the whole fucking thing. So <laughs> that's a great thing for me to do while I'm in rehab. Thank you. And um, <laughs> Be fair. You should have done the notes before you checked in. Hey, hey, hey. I didn't check in voluntarily. All right. It's called a forced check in for a reason. <laughs> Stupid people trying to save Matt Psyop's life. <laughs> Fucking wellness checks. I tell you, pissing me off. Just leave me alone with my cocaine and booze. <laughs> All right, fine. My crack and my you know really cheap booms farm wine. Whatever. Anyway, uh, so uh, then we see him in a car and he's talking to another one of his ladies. He's giving her some advice about which streets to stay off of because vice is around. And then kind of gets a little angry at her because apparently her money's 
coming up a little short. So back throughout this whole movie, money's getting short on his uh, illicit activities. So I don't know. Maybe he's not a very good pimp. Well, we can get into that in a little bit. That's absolutely no problem. But I feel like he's his heart isn't in it anyway. And we're going to be finding that out later to begin yeah, with. I, like you also he, get the idea he's 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 really kind of lackadaisical about this whole thing. He's essentially you never see him actually have to collect money when a girl's holding out on him, which is what a pimp is usually known for as beating his hookers around. Yeah, he doesn't seem like he's that kind of pimp. No, and I, I've heard the term before, but it's also been used as a derogatory term towards a certain type of pimp, but it's like a sugar pimp, which would be a pimp that uses persuasive powers and is like, you know, super sweet and uses his charm and all of that kind of thing and basically has his girls in love with him and they want to protect him because they're like his, you know, his sister wives or whatever. Yeah, that no, kind he of just thing. called it like they call how many stepwives do I have? You right, know? right. So and, and that's the that's kind of obviously what he does. Now it's used also as a derogatory term for a pimp who is also a homosexual because he's not interested in the girls. So uh, yeah. he's just there. Now I've heard it being used for both types. Um, usually a regular pimp who likes to beat the women when they don't pay up usually looks down on a sugar pimp regardless of their sexual orientation. So it's kind of a derogatory term, but they're all pimps anyway. So who gives a fuck? Yeah, exactly. So anyway, oh, then we enter. Hey, look, violent racist cops. Big surprise. Awesome. Did you recognize one of the violent racist cops? I think I recognized both of them from something, but I couldn't tell you what. But they both look familiar. Well, one of them you should know for sure, and that's George Buck Flowers. And who is that? Okay, think back. Put your put your thinking cap on to the last time you watched Back to the Future. Uh-huh. The drunk bum who always goes, crazy drunk driver, crazy oh. drunk pedestrian. Yeah. He's in everything. He's in a ton of John Carpenter movies as well. Like in They Live, he was the the hobo guy who ended up selling everybody out. He's also, he's always a hobo. Usually he pay, plays a hobo or a drunk or a drunk hobo. Basically, he would be your hero. He's like your token guy that you see yeah. in the movie that you would most identify with, specifically you, Matt, not just Is everybody he one else. of the guys in Scrooged? Yeah, no, I don't think so. The, the, no, okay, no. I, it, the, one of the guys in there kind of looks like him, so yeah, one but, of the homeless folk. But once you start to recognize George Buck Flowers, he shows up in a ton of movies and he almost always plays that, that kind of role of like the drunk hobo or it's what have you. It's a different role for him then. Kind of, yeah, and it's a really young Buck Flowers. I'm not used to seeing him this young and also but splurring this much racism. Or boisterous one, right? Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. the one that uh was driving the car at the very end for sure, and he's the one that delivers the most of the dialogue. The other guy is just kind of like his uh laurel to his hardy almost. Yeah. All right. Well, no, he wasn't driving the car at the very end. Not the boisterous one. So you mean the quieter one? Possibly. He was the one with the brownish hair and the beard. Uh, okay. Anyway. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Move on. All right. Yeah, I'm trying to think of that one. Anyway, so we see some racist behind the cops and they're all pissed as they're looking at him and uh, I just want to know like you're qualifying them as racist violent cops but like how is that different than any other cop well I also added in big surprise (laughs) you're on the dark side because we have cookies and also right and also cops are bad yeah and and I don't know for some reason I think you know I'll win the lottery if I do this so anyway um (laughs) 
Baron has a problem with uh, some of the money one of his workers, for lack of a better term, is bringing in. As he's talking to her, she then brings attention to another girl that's standing on the street corner. And listen, let's just go ahead and say it. That's a cop and drag. Everyone can see that. Yeah, this is so, the dumbest fucking sting ever. I know they're doing this as like a little bit of a comic relief thing in the movie, yeah. but it's it's idiotic. It's so fucking stupid. It's very dumb. Um, so she says, you know, she's looking to get into this. So Baron brings her in and they're talking <laughs> and one of the cops in there goes, I'd buy that. He was like, Oh, that's a real lady. You know, if I didn't know uh, he had a black belt. All right. Um, that was weird. But these, uh, the two racist cops are really excited because they think, man, they're going to finally get the guy this time. So <laughs> using the worst sting, this side of a police yeah, academy this the, movie, this is the worst. Yeah. I mean, listen, man, this is like some shit. Like, uh, you know, uh, uh, Mahoney would think up to fool the commandant. Yeah, anyway. this, this isn't even Mahoney. This is a Proctor kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, this is definitely Proctor. Yeah, this You're is a right. Proctor maneuver to try this and a, capture this a, somebody. This is a Proctor idea. This is Police Academy 15. And uh, <laughs> the quest for more money, please buy the videotape. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, by the way, if they ever do make Spaceballs 2, they need to call it the quest for more money. <laughs> Um, so anyway, uh, then as he's talking to her, he, you know, Barry keeps mentioning how she has nice legs. She has nice legs, reaches in, he goes, what's this? And pretty much wrecks this guy's dick, yeah. wrecks his dick. It implies it's that he reached up, found the man jewels, if you will, and, and then, then gave them a squeezing. Twisted. Yeah. 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 And then we had a little wah, wah, wah. <laughs> That was nice. <laughs> now, it's important to note that the only reason that this is okay to kind of laugh at is this is not an actual trans person. No, this, this is, is not a trans this person. Is a this cop is a cop in drag trying to entrap a black for man a pimp. Yeah, this for cop a would never dress in drag other than this. Yeah, and it's... But who knows? Maybe now he likes it. Well, I'm not sure, but uh, whatever the candy tangerine man did to him may have crushed his manhood enough to where he would need some kind of reassignment surgery afterwards. Exactly. Yeah, that was, that was bad, man. That guy screamed. But then again... When a very large man squeezes you like that, I'm assuming that has to hurt. <laughs> and you also pay double for that kind of action in Vegas. Usually. And also, I just want to point out, too, it's completely okay to destroy the genitals of a cop. That's got to be a clip. I don't know how, but that's, <laughs> that's something. Isn't it, though? That is. That is. That is. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, I haven't had too many good experiences with cops lately. So, fucking wellness checks. So, anyway, I... Uh, <laughs> He goes into uh, in a back office where there's some girls. There's a girl paying another girl uh, whose name is Bella, who seems to be almost like a manager. And she's not really happy she has to pay a woman her trick money. In fact, she's really pissed about that. So, But then the Baron comes in, and that one, uh, the one prostitute really wants to go home with him. And he's like, hey, maybe tonight, later. I don't know. And once again, doesn't seem very excited about it at all. And then he he's tired. He can have any pussy he wants because he's the Baron. Exactly. And then he converses with the lady, uh, with the lady taking the money. And that is our next clip. God damn. Between the massage parlors and the sauna, you're making out like a Chinese bandit, huh, mama? Here's yours. Well, things get greater later. This is getting mighty thin. They all turn in? All except Pepper. She's in the Hollywood station busted. Gonna get thinner. Hey, dude. Hey, what's happening, my man? All right. Here about Pepper? Right. Yeah. Well, get out and keep what's left. Man, I can use it. Folks been keeping their windows locked. <laughs> now let's see. Go get Pepper out of Slammer. Oh, yeah. Two messages there. Denise got herself a problem. She got a case? Yeah, got a case of an ex-old man who's been hassling her. 
I understand he thumped her around. He wants her to cut you out. Hmm. Is that right? Yeah. Gonna thump you too. <laughs> Number two, your old friend and brother, Dusty Compton. Well, he just picked up on a new bottom woman. Little Indian chick. Bad little hammer, man. She a working girl? Nah, man. Looks like a straight little chick. Guess he's gonna turn her out. He's just the kind of asshole chump who would. <laughs> Where they hanging out? Coaching horses. Well, my man, thank you for the information. You gonna get me some more merchandise, blood? Man, I can't get no windows with all them putting Doberman pinches in their houses. Lose me a leg, man. <laughs> Lose you a leg. Wow. Hey, money's going to get light. Girls are getting arrested. It just seems like the streets are drying up for him right now. We come to a scene. We see the girl who they're talking about, who the, the other guys were going to try to take away from him. She's crying. Uh, he comes over to see what's wrong, and it's a trap. Uh, one guy was like, one guy kept calling him a motherfucker, and he goes, no reason for that kind of language. He goes, oh, yeah, that kind of language, motherfucker, because, listen, the only mother I fucked is yours. Which then is it went great. Nutty. Yeah, that yeah. was awesome. We, we have fight time where he pretty much beats the shit out of all of them kills one of them i think with a piece of glass right to the neck throws one of them out of the fucking window he that just kicks all kinds of amazing where he kicks that guy out of that candy glass window yeah the way that that uh, stuntman tucked and rolled in that, and it was obvious that he was tucking on the way down, you know, because yeah. you see him fold his arms in and get ready for the fall. But yep. that didn't even matter because the slow motion on that was really fucking cool. And the way the candy glass follows him down looked awesome. That was. That was really awesome. Uh, so now we cut to a club and we see a man named Dusty playing the pool. Apparently he's really good at it. And then we see this Indian girl they were talking about. Uh, or Native American would be a better way to put it, but you know, hey, it's yeah, back but in these that's times. that's not really not as much of a racial slur as like something no. else that you could be because that's just yeah. be, that's just become a. There's common... a football team with a much more racist term that we could use, but I don't use that term about that football team even. <laughs> you don't want to offend the football team with their racist term. No, I don't want to offend the people with the racist term of the football team. That <laughs> happens to live in Washington. Ugh, that's so gross. Oh <laughs> God. Football in general is gross, but move on. How dare you, sir? How dare you? I'm going to take a knee on that. Just keep going. Ah, love it. All right. So uh, Baron shows up, and that is our next clip. Well, Mr. Roger. What is say, Siciliano? Bang, bang. What's happening, Baron? Say, Dusty, I heard you got yourself a new bottom woman. Yeah, this here's Heather. You know, you know Heather, Dean. She's kind of young to be turned out, ain't she? Whatever's fair and honest, man. Own choice. Anybody breaking her arm to do it. You Indian? You got something in your mind, man? She ain't been turned out yet, Dusty. I wanna. <laughs> Shit! <laughs> Let me get back to my game. I'm not bullshitting, man. What do I have to do to get that way? Hey, man. <laughs> You know I don't dig that slave trade. I mean, I thought we went through that, didn't we? I mean, I can't sell you no chick, man. That just ain't croquet, you know? Shit. <laughs> How about clunking some of those balls together? Man, this gal is gonna make me about 10,000 big ones before she wears that slot out. You match that. Your cash ain't nothing but trash. All right, my man. Let's make it nine balls. Simplify things. You want a break? Right on. Go ahead. It's on you. 
All right, my man, you step back. So I'm gonna run the rack. Get down. Now, Mr. B, I'm gonna run to one, two, and three. While you stand there looking at me. All right. Check me. I got more moves than Ali. Can you dig it, Mr. B? Right out of sight. All that's left is the nine ball. All right, Mr. B, this is it. I'm gonna take your shit. <laughs> All right. Oh, oh, shit, shit. Scratch, God brother. Damn. And you lose. Oh, shit, man. Sorry about that. Oh, fuck, damn, fuck. Too fine not to be mine. Ain't this some shit? This motherfucker scratched on me, man. You Whoopie-doo. motherfucker, you shit. You just blew my whole motherfucking shit, man. Done lost my woman. Fuck you, brown, white motherfucking Paul. Shit, don't you know this is something you fucking win, motherfucker? That's some bad luck. Yeah, absolutely. I just also want to point out, too, um, I want to call bullshit on some of the terminology use uh, for pimps in this show. Yeah. This particular movie. A bottom girl, bottom woman, or bottom bitch is not the latest girl added to the stable or latest person added to the stable. The bottom bitch is the pimp's right-hand woman. She turns oh. tricks, but she also, he or it she... kind of helps runs the business? Yeah, she's like the, the, the second-in-command. She does all the collections. She runs the girls. She does the advice. She does the interference. All of that kind of stuff. She does some of the stable training. All of that for the, the pimp. That's At least that's how I remembered it back when I was a bottom bitch. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> you okay, Corey? You got something to tell me? I need to call my parents. Oh no. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> no, but um that's you know, that's the terminology, that's how it works. It's the person that's the most loyal and usually actually is in love or has been with that particular pimp the longest. And what'll also happen too is if like a stable of girls, you know, basically the bottom bitch would be in charge. Like if they lose their pimp and then they're bringing in a new one and they're gonna start training him and teaching him the ways of, you know, being the pimp for the stable, then the bottom bitch would basically be in charge until he's up to run. Up, up and running so it's kind of like a madam so this new girl who has never even turned tricks there's no way any pimp no matter how stupid they are are going to put him in charge and she hasn't even been turned out right she hasn't even hooked yet so therefore she can't even relate to any of the girls why would any of the girls respect her right <laughs> No idea. Yeah. Anyway. Maybe they mean as in like she's going to be the bottom girl, like, you know, the least important one. Right. But that's not what that term is. <laughs> no, I know. I'm just saying what they might have meant in the movie. Um, They fucked it up is what they're doing. They're not doing their research. They don't know enough about hookers. Well, wait, why do you know so much about hookers? Prison. Oh, nice. So anyway, they head to almost what seems to be like a bus station and he gives the girl money, tells her this is for school to leave this town and never come back so it almost seems like he doesn't want her to become uh, a woman of 
the night, as it were. This is where the movie tries to ride that fine line of taking a pimp and trying to make him the hero of the story. Like, they're really trying to make him seem like he's not such a bad guy. He's just, this is all he knows how to do. And so he's pimping, but he's not necessarily taking advantage of these ladies. And he is loyal to them. And he's trying to make a better life with them while they're being somewhat exploited by him. I don't know how else to say it. It's almost like he only takes women who have already been a prostitute and then he lets them work because they they've already lived that life but he's not going to take someone new yeah it's something like that and it's almost like he's trying to help them escape by mutually making money because as far as i can tell he only demands very little for whatever pimp services i mean 200 a week and they all seemed really excited by that 200 a day and oh, that's 200 all he a day, that's yeah. right, yeah. So basically, as long as they pay 200 a day, they can make as much as they want on top of that, and he still provides the services of the quote-unquote protection and everything, but as we kind of find out, most pimps don't really provide the protection, they just demand the money, and all they do is exploit the worker. Exactly. Much like oh. corporations. It's exactly yeah. the same. That's how I know corporate so much America. about That's how I know so much about prostitution, Matt. I work in corporate America. <laughs> that's why we need unions and lots of them. <laughs> Particularly for our sex workers, you have the worst job on the face of this earth, but we thank yeah. you for your business. We thank you for your bravery. <laughs> um Anyway, he tells her to get out of there and leave town. She gets out, uh, and then all of a sudden the cops grab Baron and the girl. They said they were going to get him for solicitation, all that. Um, but uh, he kind of, you know, puts that hammer down when he tells him, "How's your cop buddy?" With you know his his hurting testes. Uh, and so they send the girl away, and they give Baron a good threatening that you know if he keeps stepping on line and he's making some big enemies, all that kind of stuff. You know, just threatening him. Basically, they're saying we're white we're police you're not either of those things so be subservient to us and be afraid be very afraid our privilege is showing that's pretty much yeah that's that's kind of it that's That's the gist of the conversation where it's like you're black we want to supplant your rights because they're cops that's all it is yeah and these guys seem to want to supplant everyone's rights not even just you know people of color (laughs) yeah they're just bad in general i mean after after all old cops are bumbling dummies but these are really bad wow you know at the time i thought i'd be embarrassed by that and now i'm just like yeah they're all they're all kind of bumbling dummies (laughs) so anyway (laughs) i love that you're on my side now but now we don't have any show arguments to be able to do unless i'm trying Uh, to talk about how i run anarchy like i told you you can't run anarchy will you stop it fucking ridiculous you could barely run uh, a prostitution ring much less anarchy so, all right i do not run a prostitution ring that you can find online <laughs> no of course not you have to do the personals like the old timey days go find a go find a newspaper and fucking read people <laughs> or just Grow you know up. or just drive downtown they're all my girls <laughs> without your fucking internet <laughs> fucking computers jesus by the way i love the internet and i love their computers and i love legion podcasts that you can only find on the internet so uh anyway he drives out into the middle of nowhere in his pimp car and out to what looks to be a normal car and he changes into a regular suit and he drives into the suburbs he arrives home for the double life having motherfucker and our next clip you're late yeah no i had an extra client to see how you doing? Kids in bed? Hours ago. Hungry? Your stew's been hot for hours. No, I uh, ate with a client. When are they going to find someone else for that road job? I'd like to be married to a real flesh and blood man. 
Not to an IBM computer. Soon, baby, soon, soon. Coming soon. You look tired. I'm worried about you. No, don't waste time worrying about me, Clarice. Weekend's worth the rest, and I'll be good as new come Monday. Drink? That is a good idea. You've got to speak to Robbie about pounding his ball against the house next door. Mrs. Terrace Ray's holy hands won't listen to a word I say. She keeps leaving that wagon in the driveway. A salesman fell over it. Wednesday. It's a wonder someone doesn't file suit against us. The kitchen is broken. I'll look at it in the morning. And Mrs. Terrace is worried about the avocado tree. Said the leaves keep falling in her yard. Can't you saw it? <laughs> she eats avocados that fall there, doesn't she? Yeah, but that doesn't count. Oh, yeah, the louvered window in the bathroom needs fixing. You know the no-talkers next door? Mm-hmm. Their idiot son keeps looking at me every time I go in there. <laughs> I'm sorry. But damn it, Ron. It's not as if you were like all the other husbands around here. I mean, being on the road and all, things just seem to fall apart when you're not here. Yeah, I know. Damn, I'm beat. Well, I can't do it all myself, you know. What do you want me to do? Go get that idiot boy from next door? Oh, it's okay if you think you can have it. You're impossible. <laughs> but I love you. <laughs> Mr. Lewis! yo Oh, hello, Mrs. Terrence. Did you see my roses? Oh, God, the lilies, too? The aphids have eaten all of the roses. You know, Wong, the gardener, says I should spray them. But I think that if God wanted flowers to be sprayed, well, he would have grown them out of an aerosol can. <laughs> uh, 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 where's Clarice? You know, I asked her to uh, come into town with me uh, to go see a show, but she won't go anywhere when you're not around. I wish you'd talk to her. Yeah, 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 okay. Hold it, hold it, wait, wait, wait. Hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it. It's my ball. <laughs> Give me the ball, I got it. When are you going to be able to stay home? I don't know. I hope soon. It's been three years. It seemed like they would have been able to find another man to replace you by now. Come on, for me, Clarice. I do what I have to do. And the kids and I, what do we do? They only have half a father. They only have half a husband. You've got everything you need. Food, clothing, house. What more do you want? i got everything but what I really need. I mean it, Ron. I can't take it any longer. I love you, baby. It's too lonely. It's too lonely. I love you. Then do something, Ron, for there's nothing left to love. Jesus Christ, what a nag. Yeah, I know. God. Love me, spend time with me, support the house and the children. Good God. Fix things around the house. I can't pay someone else to do it when you're not here making the money that helps us afford the life that we have. Or, you know, uh, uh, you know, make love to me. I mean, Jesus, guy's tired, man. Let him sleep. That would be a clip if I didn't think that you would like to have that played over and over again. I would. I would. <laughs> no, she actually, she seems like a legitimately neglected wife. And this is where I refuse to accept him as any kind of a hero because she has no idea what he's doing. He's fucking all of these hookers to test them out, if you will. And then he fucks his wife, and you know he ain't wearing a condom. No, he's fucking rolling dirty 
with that dick going in bareback everywhere. Oh, yeah. Mostly because I put my penis inside of you bareback. I mean, he's constantly <laughs> doing that. And it's like fucking too. sex workers constantly. He's doing that. So, yeah, that's not good. And not, and not even new girls, obviously. He can't do that. He, he has some moral code. So he's only bringing in sex workers who've been sex workers for a while. And granted, this is in the 70s where the worst thing that you had to worry about could probably get cleared up with a shot of penicillin. But you don't want to be bringing that shit home to your wife, man. You're supposed no. to love her and shit. Yeah. It, it, by the way, he wasn't a hero before this either. Like I said, this is no, there's no faces in this movie. This is a heel program. This is a heel movie. That's it. He's just the slightly less heel guy in this. He's a tweener. He's a tweener. Yeah. I mean, we're waiting for him to do his face turn at any minute in this movie. Like you're feeling that it's coming like at any point in time, but you just don't know when. Right. Like, I mean, he's, he's struggling with every moral decision. Like he's got the chair and he just doesn't know, like he's not angry enough to hit the guy with it. And the crowd's like, cheering there's him his on. best friend. And there's the asshole. He's got the chair and he doesn't know. Should he hit his best friend who he's been kind of feuding with or should he save him? <laughs> exactly. That's what this man's moral dilemma wrapped up in. WWE. Should he should he stop fucking experienced hookers bareback and just be faithful to his wife? What I want to know is, is she familiar with his love of all of the positions when he's a quote unquote position freak, whatever the fuck that means? She must be mad because she has died for that seed. That last seed. Yeah. She's dying for it which is what died she's basically saying i know you're tired i know you're worn out and i made you do all this other stuff but you also have to be a husband to me and he's joking that maybe they should send the idiot kid next door to do it and then she's like is that what you want and he's like you think you can handle it like yeah right i legitimately think he wouldn't care if his wife started fucking somebody else because he's fucking everything else that moves i think he's so tired he just doesn't care man he's just you know leave me be let me have a weekend (laughs) yeah i fuck all i want when you're not around <laughs> I fuck all I want when I'm in the city in my sales job. <laughs> Quote unquote. So, yeah, right. So anyway, we go back to the girls' place where they all stay, and there is a break-in by some bad dudes. They're all looking for Baron, and they tell them to remember what they do here today and to tell the Baron that he's out of business. Then uh, one particularly scumbag grabs one of the girls and cuts her, what we see is cutting her breast off. Well, he goes through each individual girl girl and feels them yeah, up with a knife while holding it. yeah while holding a knife there to basically taunt them and try and make his decision and it's kind of obvious which one he's going to choose because he lingers on her boobs and she actually has a really nice set. This whole entire sequence is really uncomfortable, but it establishes that we've got some serious hardcore villains. These aren't just heels. They are yeah, villains. These are, these are villains. These are really bad dudes. Um, I will say this, though. The best pair was the girl in the black <laughs> in the middle. The one who didn't, one of the ones who didn't get chosen. She, she in my mind, I had the best pair. <laughs> I'm glad that not we're for nothing. I'm glad that we're rating them. We're we're not supposed to be sharing the list of the hierarchy of boobs on screen that we enjoy the most to the least, like we do off the mic. Oh, I'm sorry. Anyway, I did. Um, <laughs> anyway, number five scene, was. <laughs> <laughs> Let me see, girl on the left. Ding 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 ding. Uh, anyway, uh, throughout this whole scene, fuck you, movie. I didn't need this. I didn't need this in my life. So go fuck yourself. 
<laughs> yeah, it's it was a sharp turn into dark territory, and I was having flashbacks of Ramrod from Vice Squad. Yeah, right? Yeah, I was waiting for them to form a pimp stick out of a hanger and to talk about how they were going to put it someplace to put them out of work. But, you know, a hooker, without a, a hooker without a tit also would not be able to work. So, yes. either way. But talk, right. talking about Vice Squad, though, Matt. Who in the uh-huh. fuck took my paper clips? <laughs> oh yeah, I had a paper clips moment watching this flick. So <laughs> are we there? At yet? least that scene. Oh yeah, that scene will do it for you. Yeah. So anyway, uh we cut to now the Baron's driving back into town in the pit mobile and he has of course a car phone in there because why the fuck not? He calls Bella to check on everything, and she tells him that Dottie had her breast cut off. Uh, she doesn't put it as eloquently as I just did. No, she says she had her tit cut off. <laughs> yeah, she had her titties cut off. And all of the other girls have ran off, and that he is out of business. We then see a cutscene with a RV that's like an RV brothel. That's smart. That's fucking ingenious, right? It's a mobile brothel. They bring the pussy to you. That's like the smartest thing I've ever seen. Right? I, I, I can't believe it. it it just intelligent. Um, this movie innovation. So anyway, uh, but really, I, d- I don't even know why that seed was in there other than I think to show a set of titties that, you know, wasn't being cut off, and, I think. And a rather nice booty, but also mobile brothel yeah. is like a business plan that I can get behind, like I, in I traffic and, you know, whoever's inside there. Yeah, if you won that mega millions, you should invest in something like that. <laughs> mobile brothels. It's the way of the future. I think so. Um, the uh, Baron suburban neighbor pulls up right next to him and she sees him but she doesn't know if it's him or not she said it kind of looks like him and then her companion in the car says some rather racially insensitive things about uh, uh people of color so i won't go into she that she essentially but. applies that they all look the same so how would he she be able to know who he is or isn't right that's true yes, yeah that is exactly what that's how said. you say it without actually saying it saying it directly but yes that's essentially what she implies which is even horribly i'm racist. a little too nervous about saying it like that so anyway <laughs> well it's about as academic as i can get it but yes even that made me uncomfortable so fair enough yeah uh, anyway, the Baron finds the girls, and they are now all working for Dusty. Uh, pretty much out of fear, they said. Uh, and Baron says, you don't have to worry about it, because that man and all of them are dead. Baron's buddy Maurice is meeting up with the Baron, and they go through a plan, and that is our next clip. What's happening, my man? What's happening? Everything's lovely. good. Oh, not a hell of a lot. How you like my big weekend? <laughs> Things are rough all over, bro. Dang it. This stuff was in a desk. You got any more of these? Check it out. That's what I call a good night's work. Maurice, get over the sugars and mm. tell her that I think I've got a job for her. All right. Maurice, what's Bella's game? Now, I ain't talking out of school. She wants you out. Down and dirty. Nice lady. Look, I think that there might be a big score here. Catch you later. All right, my man. Say, Baron. Yeah? Slice one up for me. Is he referring to slicing up one of the guys that sliced up the girl? I believe so, yes. Okay, I just wasn't sure. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, Maurice doesn't seem like he was cool with that. So, anyway, we are back at now Dusty's place, which looks surprisingly like the girl's place from the first fight. But because it's the same apartment. Oh. Spoiler alert. Hey, thanks for breaking the movie magic for me, asshole. So, anyway... One guy tells Dusty that he is going to be in some major trouble once they find out what happens. Uh, Dusty said, goes on some kind of manly rant about how he'll cut the Baron's dick off. 
So then the Baron breaks in and Dusty starts being the little bitch and he starts beating the shit out of everyone. Then the guy who actually did the cutting jumps in. We have a horrible cut scene where he was on the stairs and then obviously he's off the stairs and bear hugging the Baron. That, that was fucking weird. That is a film break and that was the best that they could do. There wasn't any surviving prints of this from the original uh, negative so they had to work with whatever prints they had left and unfortunately that film break never got fixed so there you go. There you go. Um, anyway, he's able to get the guy's hand in a garbage disposal and flip it on, cutting the man's hand off. That was awesome. Or at least grinding it off. That was awesome. Uh, the Baron leaves as Dusty is crying like a little bitch, and he leaves right before the cops get there. Uh, Dusty, Dusty's bitch ass talks more shit after, of course, the Baron is gone about how he would have, you know, taken care of things. That was actually kind of funny because you've we've all seen guys that are like that where they're all talk up until I should have kicked his ass. You know, then after the person leaves, I should have kicked his ass. It's just like, wow, dude, <laughs> stop. That was like you four months ago. No, man, I'm way too high to talk shit in the first place. <laughs> right now, I'm talking like four months ago. No, I was still way too high to end up. <laughs> Whatever, get back to your notes. We don't have time for I was, this. I was even more high four months ago. I'm in treatment now. I mean, come <laughs> on, man. You had to lead up to that. Um, Baron ends up in a gentleman's club and uh, meets up with, with sees one of the girls he knows. Uh, some of the girls are talking, uh, and one of them is talking about how the president of a bank is in love with her. Um, so anyway, the Baron ends up going over a plan with this lady, and that is our next clip. Hi, Dad. What's that? How's your bank of warfare over there? I have to see him later. Why? How'd you like to make $20,000? What's all this about $20,000? Well, baby, I'll tell you. I've got $250,000 worth of this stuff. Here's a $1,000 one for you to play with. I can't do anything with this. Absolutely right. And neither can I. But your boyfriend over there can. With no questions asked. Can you handle it? Listen, this dude is a piss freak. I mean, his idea of an orgasm is getting watered down. Can I handle it? Well, $20,000 is a lot of money. Go get a couple of six-packs. <laughs> I hate beer. Oh. Oh. More. More! Oh. Oh. Marvelous. Marvelous. Oh, oh yeah. Um. Oh. Oh. Oh, marvelous. Oh, sugar marvelous. That's marvelous. That's marvelous. Uh. Uh. <laughs> 
Yeah, I had to include that last part in there. You actually had me trimming it before that. I'm like, no, if we're going to put this in, we're going to put it all in because... Did I? I thought I included all the pissing in there. Well, your times must have been a little bit off then, but yeah. like That little bit at the end where he's just like super afterglow where he's like, oh, oh, I was like, I got to leave that in too. (laughs) Oh, maybe that's the part I cut off. Yeah, because I know I kept in the pissing part. Yeah, you're never interested in the afterglow. You're out the door before the condom comes off. Exactly. Um, So (laughs) dude is into water sports, so... Is he ever? Jesus Christ. Yeah. So uh, we find out this is uh, what uh, she brings up the paper that he was reading. It's a negotiable bond. So uh, and that he can handle it. The bank and apparently there's two hundred and fifty thousand dollars worth of these. Yeah. They never say where he got it from. It's just kind of heavily implied that this is what he's been doing with his money is investing it in these stocks as a way to kind of launder it. Um, But he does talk about how he was going to get a big score. So did he steal it? I mean, it doesn't it's not really clear. Well, and it sounds like did Maurice steal him, like find him? I don't know. But yeah, anyway, something. Who knows? Yeah. It's never really clear how they came into his possession. Baron meets with Bella, and that is now our next clip. Look, baby, that's the way it's got to come down in order to work. You got to be out of your mind. I'm not getting mixed up in no federal machinery. No way. Well, there ain't no federal to it. Now, in order for it to go like it's got to go, we need somebody with a business. Our friend at the bank has to make it look legal. You've got the massage parlors, and all I've got is that telephone and a light bulb in the back that you call an office. That ain't gonna get it. What's in it for me? Ten percent, just like Maurice. That's twenty-five thousand dollars. When? Tomorrow, one o'clock. Okay, so now listening to that clip a little more carefully, and he says that Maurice is in for ten percent as well. Maybe I believe Maurice. Yeah, Maurice may have stolen some of them, but also I think some of his money is already mixed in that as well. And this is his ticket out. This is how everybody gets their money. Yeah, I agree. That that must just be this is something that they all uh, tried to do. That's the only that's the only explanation I can think of that makes any sense on how this all works. Because like if he was investing in the stock market the entire time, then this score would be more than enough to put him over. And why would he take all of it when Maurice actually did the stealing? You know, <laughs> and he's laundering yeah. it for only a ten percent like Maurice only gets a 10% cut of it. That doesn't seem fair to Maurice. No, that at all. That seems really, you know, not cool to Maurice if he if he did steal it. Or if he's getting a 10%, god damn, that's nice. All right, so Bella takes the bonds to the bank and the cops find the Baron in his car. The cops uh, want 10% apiece, but uh, the Baron won't go for it. So they say they are arresting him for purse snatching and they decide to lock him to his steering wheel. Um, then the cops decide to go into the bank to see what they can get out of the banker. And then we see Bella driving off. She can see the Baron's handcuffed to the steering wheel and does not stop to help him. He, however, already knows that she probably won't because she wants him out. Yeah. Does he figure that out before this happens? Like, do you think he knows and he yeah, was just he, testing her? I think well, I think he knew he could trust her, but he had no choice. She's the only one with a legitimate business that he knows. Yeah, that could possibly be you know, cashing in these stocks or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Um, so anyway, uh, she drives away with the money and then we see later on Baron walking out of jail, most likely because it was just like a, 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 not a big charge. So, uh, and also he's Teflon. They can't make it stick. Yeah, exactly. We come back to the office and Maurice has been beaten very badly by any states by Vincent's men. He, what looks to be, looks to die while telling, uh, the Baron, 
trying to get out while he can because it's just too big and they'll keep coming after him. Yeah, and these pe- these police are gunning for him for obvious racial reasons alone. Yeah, but the police, a rival gang, everyone's gunning for the Baron right now. His own girls won't. Devin stuck next to him and his business partners turned against him. It seems his one and only trusted ally has now been beaten to death. Yeah, the only person that he actually can trust, this guy is pretty much done. Maurice is going to die, so he doesn't even get his cut. Yeah, so uh, Baron then leaves. He goes to that one girl's apartment, the the uh, dancer who was with the banker, and finds that the woman is dead and the banker has shot, themsel- has shot himself in what is an apparent murder-suicide. However, I don't know if you are supposed to buy that or think that. No, I think the police did it. That's my yeah, thought. exactly. But I always want to blame cops for everything, so there's Well, that. the police are Vincent because the police told them, you know. Uh, the Baron heads to see Bella, but the uh, uh, Native American girl is there. She says that she couldn't go back to where she had came from, uh, like he had told her to do, and then she begs him not to hit her, but it already seems like Bella has been beating her badly. I mean, she's all scarred up, especially on her breasts that he checks out. Uh, but then Extensively, he goes, you know, I, like he just grabs on it, and just does it. He doesn't even it, like, you know, make sure she's okay. He's just doing it just to do it. I mean, but they let you do it when you're famous <laughs> when when you're the uh the big pimp when you're the baron they just let you do it <laughs> oh christ i'm getting thick now knock it off all right sorry anyway um but then he kind of alludes that she may like it you know the because he goes i'd smack you but i'm afraid you'd like it so then is there an added wrinkle like maybe she's into that kind of stuff with bella well she seems to be some type of a masochist because she loves this kind of work she wants to get in it even though he gave her 10 grand to just go away he gave her that money that he didn't lose on her exactly he he gave her that money and she must be some sort of machinist you're exactly right <laughs> it's masochist so, and you keep making a reference to that shitty movie i do and anyway uh so anyway she tells him that he might be that bella's at vincent's place he leaves and we see the cops were there and it was all a trap the cops give her some money tell her that she could never come back and probably shouldn't even stop at going to new mexico she should probably go even further then one of the cops says hold on a second throws her down and what we only assume is he begins to rape her. Oh, it's obvious he's raping her. I mean, he yeah, holds her down, the, and the other guy, the guy who doesn't rape her, I think, was Buck Flowers, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, that is right, and he just laughs maniacally. Which is almost worse. <laughs> yeah, right at their feet. Right at his feet. So that's gross. So fuck you, movie. Yeah, that's, so anyway, a, we're that's at, a big fuck you, for sure. Yeah. We're at uh, Vincent's place, his bar, uh, where they were all playing pool before. As they're all hanging out. They hear that the Baron's coming, and everyone starts to weapon up even we got hook hands the guy who uh got his hand cut off the garbage disposal everyone starts getting a gun or a knife one of the one of dusty's girls puts razor blades in between her hands so if she slaps them it'll cut them everyone weapons up for like a uh, almost like a knife fight kind of yeah what kind of yeah yeah and then baron breaks in and well he brought guns to the knife fight and starts blowing everyone away god damn that was awesome yeah multiple multiple deaths was great yeah everyone gets shot including hook hands fucking dumbass who fucking uh cut that girl's uh body up so good on him i'm glad he's dead so fuck you it's the only time i'm really rooting for the baron on this one yeah when it's into revenge mode when he's been fucked over 
all of the actions that he does feel a lot more justified. It's just basically like, how much do you want to believe that he's a kind-hearted pimp with a heart of gold trying to help out ladies that are in trouble? I still don't buy it. I don't either, but at least these are other bad people getting fucked by him instead of good people. Yeah, at least this time around, anyway. Yeah. So anyway, um, after uh, uh, blowing everyone away, Baron leaves, and he's pursued by the police. After a a quickie kind of chase scene that may seem a little bit like filler, um, really? He, yeah, I know, right? He kind of takes a sharp turn. They're not able to turn it in. They go off an edge of a cliff, but they don't go off completely. They're just kind of hanging out there. As they're kind of hanging out there, the Baron walks up to the cops, and that is our next clip. Well, hello, brothers. Care for a parachute? Hey, Baron, come on. Get us out of here, will you? But why? Baron, look, look. You get us out of here, and we don't remember nothing, okay? You're clean. Clean! Clean! Yeah! I'm clean? You're clean, clean! You're not gonna remember anything? Oh, no! And no more steering wheels are gonna jump up and hit me in the face! God damn it, you you son of a bitch! Now you stabilize this car, you're gonna go before we do! You crazy bastard! You'll kill us all! You don't really want to pull that trigger, do you? No, no. Now, do you fellas really want to make a deal? Yeah, yeah. Anything. 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 I'll tell you what. You tell me exactly where Bella has gone with the money. And I am going to let you go. Now, now look. We we tell you where Bella is and you'll, you'll get us out of here? Oh, sure. I'm going to let you go. Bella, Bella. Tell him. Tell him. Bella. Tell him. Bella went to her mother's farm. You see, her mother's got a farm down by the highway by Chesapeake Cove, which you, you can't miss it. It's the only farm in a black farm, you idiot. Black, black, black. Oh, oh, oh black, yes, yes, yes. Thank, thank you, Chesapeake Cove. Yeah, yeah. You gonna help us out now, Baron? Of course. Now, I'm going to let you go. Anyway, 
so now we see the cops are dead. Bellows with her mother and all her family at, at a farm, and they are uh, obviously wanting to keep the money. Um, he uh, Baron shows back up. He breaks into that house. There's a fight that kind of ensues. Only it's kind of a more of a clumsy fight, of course. It's played up for comedy because it's a man yeah. fighting a bunch of women off. But yeah, and older really women sh- too, not just yeah. regular women. Yeah. yeah, and then he starts hitting them with a broom, and it's just like, come on, guys, just fucking move on already. Yeah. Well, anyway, he finally does, and Bella's ran off, and he catches up to her, and she throws the money back at him, and that is our final clip. You got your money. Now go on and get out of here. Sorry for you, Bella. Sorry? Why, that's all you've ever been is sorry. Sorry you started me hoeing. Sorry that trick I was with. Ripped half of my face out. I was no good to you then, was I? No man wanted me. Not looking like this. I hated you. And I hated men. And when, when I couldn't make it with men, I turned to girl. And now I hate myself. And that's the worst part. Take this. It's yours. You take it. Damn it. I don't want it. I've had all I want from you, and I don't want no more. You've earned it. You got it coming. You got it coming. You can't pay me for this. I tried to get you. I'm saying go Yeah. And Heather and all the rest made it all fail because I wanted it to. Because, because, get out of here. Will you just go? Get out. Will you just go away? Go. Okay, so we know of at least one prostitute that he's the one responsible for turning out. It's her. Yeah, and that's why he doesn't do it anymore. Because of what happened to her, and he feels guilty, yeah, and he's trying to go... Because of the scar in her face. Yeah. Now, the big thing I have a problem with in this film is the fact that she loathes herself for turning to women, and the only reason she turned to women is because she couldn't make it with men, or something like that that they said. That's, Maybe. That's a whole bunch of homophobia right there, so fuck that, all of that. This whole movie was homophobia, though. Yeah, there's at a one, little... At one point, he calls uh, Dusty a very derogatory homosexual name Yeah, for, it's... for saying they cut up one of the girls it's all over the fucking movie the, the misogyny's there as well it's very subtle but it's there so movies misogyny the so movies like what what trump wants to be is Candyland. <laughs> only it has black people in it and he wouldn't want that yeah probably not <laughs> yeah it's really fucking dated and it's really hard to see this guy as a hero and he's supposed to be our hero in the film but he doesn't he's even not. he doesn't even work as an anti-hero for me the only time it works is when he's actually getting vengeance for what has happened yeah, to one but of his girls. he's killing other bad guys the only time it works. Yeah. And, and or, he's at home with his family. It's gross. Well, I think what he should have, what they should have, well, we'll get into it with our final thoughts and everything. Let's just close it out and we'll move on from there. All right. Well, we go back to the suburban life. Uh, the neighbor lady's talking to him and, and uh, about maybe the, the pimp she saw downtown who kind of looked like him. But it seems now he is home for good as he has quit that job that his wife kept talking about. She asked him if he thinks that lady knows whatever know what a real pimp looks like he has said everyone has known a pimp hell i even knew one in my time and then we cut to downtown we see a girl uh getting ready to pay her pimp and it looks like it's the baron well it's actually maurice he is still alive and he is now the baron roll credits I like that little bit of an ending where it's at least somewhat of a happy ending with uh, Maurice, yeah, Maurice still being alive. alive. Maurice is kind of my favorite character in this. <laughs> 
Yeah. All besides, right. Besides uh, the Baron's wife, he's the only redeemable guy. I mean, he's just in for some like petty theft and shit. Yeah. My biggest issue and probably the issue that people wouldn't have back in the 70s watching this film is the fact that this double life thing that he's leading in the way that he's pretending like he's a normal family man when in fact he's a career criminal. That shit just doesn't fly for me, particularly when the fact that he's fucking all these other ladies and then he goes home to his he, wife and he's keeping his yeah. wife like his house mouse where he doesn't even really he doesn't feel like he respects and actually loves his wife she's just his normal life and she's the thing that he's going to settle down well, she, with she can never leave and go to the city without him right because he's I keeping mean, her trapped as her house yeah. mouse which is really yeah. fucked that the no it's good really person and more that. than that it's not even just like if he was living a double life where he was a bank robber and then he went home like to a suburban life that's one thing. I wouldn't find him as scummy, but he's he's going out and literally having sex with prostitutes, experienced prostitutes, and then going home and having unprotected sex with his wife. Yeah. I mean, while I would love to be able to do that, I also think that that whoa, makes him whoa, a bad whoa, person. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> Jesus. Settle down. I'm just kidding, man. She listens to the show sometimes, you know? Yeah, I know. And she'll probably beat the shit out of me for it, which is why I'm saying what I'm saying. Well, yeah, because usually you pay double for that kind of action. Well, I'm happy that I don't have to pay in this case. No, right? There we no, go. no, that's your wife. Yeah. Well, I mean, Jesus, dude. There's a whole bunch of problems about this film. But overall, I did actually enjoy it, and I liked it. I liked watching the story. I liked what was going on. But it took a really hard time where I'm, like, trying to reconcile the idea of them portraying this guy as a, as a hero. But in yeah. reality, everything that he's doing doesn't necessarily make him a hero. I would have much rather seen that he was at one time a bad guy and because of what happened to his lady Bella Bella okay so whatever happened to Bella there where she got her face cut and like it would have been better to kind of have a flashback of what happened to her and then he swore that he would help all of the women that are in his game get out and from here on out he's going to start taking care of him and he'll make sure that none of this ever happens to another girl again and he wants to get her out of this life and he does all this stuff and then regardless of all of the change that he has where he's trying to be a better person and take care of these ladies that are in his stable Bella can't let it go and she's still fucking pissed because all these other ladies don't have to go through what she did so then she uses this anger as the revenge that she does end up getting it's all just kind of left out to left field and just kind of quickly thrown at you that she's double crossing them they never set it up they never establish it it just never really goes anywhere and it just feels like a bunch of ideas thrown at the wall to see what sticks and really the only thing that gives you an idea is when Maurice tells him that Bella wants him out right that's the closest time that you get and then he realizes that he still has to use Bella and so he takes a chance on her but really if you oh. knew she wanted you out why would you even take a chance on her well and I'll be honest I had to watch this movie twice yeah because I didn't feel like I understood it the first time watching it that's I felt like I missed things I I, I didn't know but it, and yet and it's a few things that the audio isn't great because yes it's a, it's a rough cut of a movie um so you have to really pay attention to some of the really where they're talking softer yet the music is still playing to understand but also the storyline skips a lot so like you said like the storyline skips so much that you have to watch it twice and then i finally got what what was going on a little bit more i watched it twice as well and it wasn't until we started playing the clips and kind of going through it talking about it together that i kind of got what was going on more myself so yeah don't feel bad that you were confused this is definitely a frustrating watch because it's like kind of hard to get i wish it, don't get me wrong i don't mind it either but mainly for the music i i, I 
I, I guess that's kind of it. I really enjoyed the, the soundtrack in this movie. Well, it's the strongest part of the film. The soundtrack yeah. and the fight sequences and the stunts are excellent. And Yes, the, the stunts for a black exploitation film, the stunts were tremendous. Yeah, that flip. And that's saying something. The flip out of the back of the window. really shitty stunts. <laughs> the, the flip out of that apartment window was amazing. Um, the fight sequences where they're actually doing the fisticuffs and yeah. how he's disarming people. I thought the fights people. looked realistic. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you would see in a real fight, there were mistakes, there was stumbling, but that's what you would see. Yeah. Yeah. People fuck up whenever they're fighting. They, they miss their opportunities or they extend too far and shit happens. Yeah. And, just and so nobody h- hears a Kung Fu person making fake Kung Fu noises. <laughs> yeah. We do heavily miss As Rudy much Ray as I Moore. love Rudy Ray Moore, no one's making any fake Kung Fu noises. Oh, can you imagine a candy tangerine man with fucking Rudy Ray Moore at the cover doing his stuff? Okay. Well, now I need to see that. I will never see that. So thanks for making my life incomplete, dick. Can you imagine every black exploitation movie you've ever seen only fronted by Rudy Ray Moore? Now I know what I missed in my life and if I if there is a heaven, I know what's going to be in it. <laughs> Rudy Ray Moore constantly performing all of this stuff for our entertainment yeah. and just having yes, a good old time. at least once in every movie there's a 15 minute just Rudy Ray Moore just spouting off. <laughs> oh my god, him interacting with the cops would have been so amazing. Oh my god, it would have been awesome. <laughs> so that's our biggest fault with this film. Zero Rudy Ray Moore. If we could have had Zero some Rudy Ray Moore, we would have loved that's, it. That's my fault with all these black exploitations. The less Rudy Ray Moore, the more I dislike him. Well, we're going to have some that will be coming up where we'll have some more charismatic actors that also carry the movie as well, but it's hard for it to get any better than Rudy Ray Moore for charisma, though. That's true. Yeah. Do you have any final thoughts or do you want to move on to the news to wrap up the show? Let's move on. All right. We're going to take one more break here, folks. We're going to play a promo for another podcast. We'll have a little bit of music befitting of Candy Tangerine Man. And we come back, we will do the PSYOP news. Hey, feeling down? Feeling low? Not enough podcasts about movies in your life? Why not try? They must be destroyed on sight! The new podcast cure-all. Sure to get you right with the world and on a path to better living. We have exploitation. We have Italian horror. We have zombies. We have slashers. We have crime films. We have spaghetti westerns. We even have sci-fi and sex comedies. So take a dose of... They must be destroyed on sight! As needed, and let the hosts, Lee Russell, Daniel Harper, Paul Romali, and the odd guest host, cure what ails you. Warning, may cause atrophy, African consumption, black fever, bone shave, chin puff, colic, cramp colic, dropsy of the brain, elephantitis, grocer's itch, jaundice, mania, miasma, mortification, palsy, pox disease, rheumatism, scurvy, St. Anthony's fire, summer complaint, and worm fit in some people. Consult a physician before listening.
I know everybody was expecting me to do the fucking cover that Bow Wow Wow did, but instead I did the punk cover of the cover, so it's like a inception of covers. Well, that's not bad. <laughs> it's also from the earlier days when I would grab things off of, like, LimeWire and before that, and you'd have to play it on Winamp. That's how far back that MP3 fucking display Live goes. LimeWire, Jesus. Yeah, it's so heavily fucking pixelated in the sound. You can hear it. It's driving me fucking crazy, and I can't fix it. So, oh, yeah. So I'm going to need you to distract me with some PSYOP news. So I posted this. Uh, this is an older story. I posted this on my uh, on the Facebook wall for uh, Matt Syop, but I found the actual story. It's from May 23rd, 2017, but it's too good to not have. A neo-Nazi converted to Islam and killed two roommates for disrespecting his faith, the police say. <laughs> wait, 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 whoa, 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 back that up. I need you to read me that headline again. <laughs> you got it. With pleasure. A neo-Nazi converted to Islam and killed two roommates for disrespecting his faith. Neo-Nazis are pretty good people. <laughs> you motherfucker. Unless How did I know that was going to happen? Unless they disrespect your newly found Muslim faith. How does yeah, one right? go from being a fucking neo-Nazi to being Muslim? I, I'm interested. Is it in the article? Here we go. Yeah. This is for the Washington Post. A former neo-Nazi who converted to Islam is accused of killing his two roommates because they disrespected his new faith, police said. Last Friday evening, police arrested 18-year-old Devin Arthurs after he briefly held three people at gunpoint at a smoke shop in Tampa then surrendered to officers. Fucking just to pull it. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Oh, he got arrested? That, what? He got arrested? Yep. You can't pay your bail? Well, I could probably fix that for a blowy. <laughs> Thank God we didn't have to do that for you. Yeah. Uh, that incident, it turned out, was only the tip of the iceberg. During the arrest, Arthur's mentioned the two police that people in an apartment across the street were definitely dead, according to the Tampa Old Police Department. <laughs> Kinda. Uh, they needed the killer to tell them about it. Uh, when officers entered the apartment in a, a, a manicured upscale complex in North Tampa, they found the bodies of two of Arthur's roommates, 22-year-old Jeremy Himmelin and 18-year-old Andrew Wunschuk. Ooh, Both men had getting a metal rod shoved up my rectum. Kinda. Both <laughs> men had gunshot wounds to the upper body and head and were dead, record state. That's a five police work there loop outside the apartment. A fourth roommate, twenty one year old Brandon Russell, was crying and visibly upset. He Lunch doesn't know is. what's going on and just found the two dead roommates like you guys did, Arthur told the police. What followed was a chilly confession with Arthur described in specific detail how and why he had killed his two roommates earlier. According to records, Arthur's told police that all of them had been friends with a common neo-Nazi belief until Arthur's converted to Islam. Finger banging girl said, with a corpse hand. I got yeah, nothing right? for any of this, man. I've got nothing. <laughs> my Facebook post, it's Danny DeVito from It's Always Sunny going, you got a lot of anger in you. <laughs> yeah, so this guy just converted from one extreme to the other and yeah, turned on... He got mad at his one extreme for giving him shit for his current extreme. <laughs> God, man. It's like he's just making an excuse and he just wanted a reason to kill. And he just picked the he picked the channel that would work the best. Either that or this is all just a setup to try and establish the Islamic faith as automatically causes violence more so than their horseshit neo-Nazi beliefs. Like I That's feel true. like I feel like they were sacrificing their lives, quote unquote, to try and show how evil this faith is supposed to be. That's the only thing the only logical belief 
that I can have as to why this would happen. But even Somewhat, that's because I don't it. even think Islam would take this whitey white white kid. I mean, he is pasty white. <laughs> they don't care about your skin color. It's just a matter of whether or not you believe. They're looking to convert just like any other. I don't faith. think this kid can grow a beard very well either. You don't have to grow a beard to be Muslim either, man. You're sounding just as fucking ignorant as these neo Nazis. No not one Muslim, Islam, different. <laughs> There's a difference. Neo Nazis are down. pretty good people. <laughs> you're getting to the point where you're going to say all Muslims, and that starts to get a little iffy, all right? <laughs> all Muslims? That's what I thought you. This is where you're getting to. All Muslims. All Muslims, what? That you. Uh, no, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> that shit will get someone killed. <laughs> Muhammad and now we're dead <laughs> yeah, yeah now we're all dead congrats <laughs> Jesus Christ man you're fucking skating on some thin ice bro <laughs> now you're afraid of them as well afraid of vaginas I've always been afraid of those vagina so smells like dead body <laughs> No, I mean, depending on time of day. <laughs> Is there more to this story or are we going to pull the trigger on that one? No, we can pull the trigger on it. Yeah, neo-Nazis are dead. That's the important takeaway on this. Yay, dead that's, Nazis. That's, yeah. Yay. <laughs> I feel sorry for this particular gentleman who's so confused about his own life that he went from one extreme to the other and then killed all of his friends from the one extreme. Clearly, Somebody there's something wrong. Somebody enough as a child. Something. I mean, obviously, you're or not a hug too much. Obviously, you're not a well-adjusted and good person if you start having that extreme of beliefs in either direction to where you're going to kill people for whatever reason. This is coming true. from a guy who advocates killing people for any reason. That's right. And eating them. <laughs> or fucking them to death. Yeah, either one. Or fucking them while they're dead. Yeah. And I'm going to fuck it to death. Vagina that smells too. like dead body. It Kinda. I'm sometimes. advocating corpse fucking here. We know. <laughs> Mostly because I have put my penis inside of you bareback. <laughs> well, you should stop doing that. We're living in the age of AIDS, okay? <laughs> yeah. That's terrible. You know what? Let's just pull the chain on the entire episode here. We've got we got nothing. You're sick as shit. I'm stressed out as hell. We're coming up to crunch time for the Halloween party and everything. So. I know, man. Yeah. I'm trying to get well so I can even fucking attend. <laughs> you'll send us, you'll get a note from your mother saying you're too well to attend the party. I'm too <laughs> little, well to attend. Little, yeah. little Animal House reference <laughs> there. All right, folks, we're going to take one last break here. We're going to play a promo for one more podcast. We'll have a little bit of music befitting of Candy Tangerine Man, and we will close out this fucking show. Are you sick of the same old tale podcast well then join vanessa and darren as they dissect movies of all kinds the two lifelong cinema lovers bring their favorites curiosities and first-time watches to the operating table and inject them with a healthy dose of snark then there's the waiting room where they examine books and short stories so just look for them on Apple Podcasts and where fine podcasts are available. They're part of the Legion Podcast Network. Follow them on Twitter at VD Clinic Pod. Join them on Facebook at facebook.com slash groups slash VD Clinic Pod. Or email them at vdclinicpod at gmail.com. They're ready to cure what ails you. <laughs> and still, they just might be a little contagious.
vibration over a pixel screen. Ah, click on me, boy. Click on me. The rock on the music and the rock on the movies. Ah. Jesus, man, that's catching me up there. I let that roll a little bit too long because Schlipper Ray and her happy hookers really gets me going in the morning. I guess, man. Damn. <laughs> that song is actually called Hookers, which is why I picked it. And the band's name is Schlipper Ray and her happy hookers. So there you go. Right. Yeah, right on. <laughs> it fits all sorts of ways that we can all start to talk about in any way, shape, or form that you want with hookers. And seriously, if you are a sex worker out there, we thank you very much. None of us could get off without you. It's day safe out there yeah please definitely stay safe and watch out for matt psyop because he doesn't tip but he does beg How about just the tip dare you i always tip <laughs> not well but i do <laughs> my philosophy is over tipping basically <laughs> <laughs> all right, folks, if you My would like geez, just tip. All right, folks, if you would like to support us with your tips and or just, you know, because we're whores and we want to sell ourselves, you can support our show while you sport our show. Teespring.com forward slash stores forward slash cinema dash psyops. And much like my pants, it is barren and no one has been in there for a long time and there's cobwebs. God, God almighty, man. We didn't need to know all that. <laughs> you can find our show on Legion Podcast Network. We are proud members of Legion Podcast until they hear this show and kick us off. Oh my God, probably. Legionpodcast.com forward slash cinema dash psyops. We have a Facebook group, Cinema Psyops, where you can join. You got a couple questions you got to answer about us. Number one, what's our network? And number two, should I fire Matt? Hey. <laughs> well, if you answer those two questions at all, even, then I know you're an actual person and not just somebody that's trying to click their way in to sell people sunglasses, which is want to happen on Facebook groups for some reason. Of course. So it's Cinema Psyops. You can join there, post your alternative photography, your PSYOP news, what you feel about the show, what you feel about life in general. Funny ass fucking memes, man. Just join the group and have some fun like the rest of the deviants in there. Yeah, you demented assholes. You can find me on Facebook. I am Court PSYOPs. I still have the picture of the cat holding a shotgun to a bloody mouse hole in the wall that's got blood splatter on it and all of that. You can find Matt on Facebook. He is Matt PSYOP. He's still the fucking plank that says brutal. Nothing has changed there. No, no, I'm... I'm uh... I, I fear change. <laughs> you can email feedback to Matt, psyopmatt at gmail.com. Let him know that he should have called his family with his one rehab call that he had out for the night. <laughs> 
Well, I was nice. Come on. I mean, and by the way, send me some crack, will you? Hurry up. No, that's not happening. You can Remember email- what you promised. <laughs> if I did the show, you'd give me crack. <laughs> no, I said if you did the show, I would give you my crack. Oh, I need to read the five print. Email feedback to court, cinemasyopscourt at gmail.com, and ask him if that offer stands for you as well. It depends. <laughs> Tell me about the crack. <laughs> you can tweet a couple of tweets to a couple of twats. I'm at court underscore psyop, and he is at psyop Matt. Send us some photos of your happy hookers, I suppose. <laughs> Why not? Yeah, sure. You know, we're all for the sex trade because we would like to trade anything we can to get sex. Exactly. And folks, while you're out there having fun, make sure you tip hookers when you're done because they're people too. And while you're at it, kick the fuck out of this week like you probably will a hooker and make it your bitch. Jesus. Thank you.